The history with Shogun is so dense that we will barely be able to scratch the surface of all the background with a book in the 1980 miniseries. However, we are a review show, so with that being said, the first question I have is, I know it's early, but does Shogun have a shot at being on your best of 2024 year endless? The best of, as in the first? Like, yeah, like number, number one. Number one? Probably not. Um, what about the list In itself? the top 10? Yes, yeah. probably. Okay. So I know that this is a series that takes place during like 1600, during the Warring States period, a time of political instability. Yes, would you Japan. like a history lesson? Yes, please. Because you read the book for this, right? Yeah, but that's not where I'm getting this from. I read the book years ago. So my knowledge of that is going to be, this is going to be an oversimplified version of history. But okay. Imagine 1600, right? The tail end of the Renaissance, Europe's at war, heavily motivated by religious conflict. Um, again, overly simplified, you have the Catholic Spanish Empire made up of Spain and Portugal versus the Protestants, English and Dutch. I think the Dutch were um, trying for independence during the 80 years war. Both sides have political, economic and territorial ambitions. However, the Catholics have an edge because they have a stranglehold on relations with China or with Japan. Sorry. Um, and then enter stage left. We have John Blackthorne, an English navigator slash pilot of the Aramis. Um, the last remaining ship in an expeditionary uh, force sent by the Dutch to defeat the Spanish. Um, Blackthorne and his crew are in bad shape at this point. It's two years into their journey. They have scurvy, disease, starvation, right. stormy weather, horrible dental insurance. <laughs> um, and they're unceremoniously arriving in Japan. Literally, their uh, ship just skids into the bay, barely alive. And uh, that's where they're immediately imprisoned. And in Japan, politically, 1600 again, there is a succession crisis, a feudal fragmentation, a power struggle. Yes, there's complex dynamics of feudal Japan and a cultural clash, obviously, with the Europeans showing up. Yes, there. but I'm talking strictly among the Japanese themselves, the main retired regent died in 1599, a year earlier, and his heir apparent is too young to lead. So what did the main retired regent, I think the Taiko is what he was called, uh, do? He put in five temporary regents slash daimyos. Um, they're, they're each in charge of their own faction. They're all very stubborn. They don't want to work together, but because of that, it's like a stalemate. It's like Congress. And so uh, it will basically be that way until that heir apparent is ready to lead. And it the, seems to be following real life because okay. the Tokugawa shogun, it was a military government that ruled over Japan from 1603 to 1868, emerging after Japan's lords united under samurai lord Oda Nobunaga. Then Oda was murdered by his own men. And then the person to, who took down the murder of Oda was Toyotomi Hideyoshi, who took over Oda's rule. And then, yeah, much like in the show, it, uh, war broke out between five regents because Toyotomi's underage son was underage. Mm -hmm. So he kind of the whole point ruling. is they're trying to avoid war though. So by sticking these five people together, they're making it so that none of them can declare war without declaring war on the other four. Mm, okay. However, Toranaga, which is probably our second main character, or even first in this in the TV series, um, he uh, is the most powerful of the regions. However, he is also the most vulnerable because all the other ones are kind of looking at him jealously. And so they're trying to impeach him, strip him of power, uh, kill off his entire clan, murder his entire family. And uh, that's when Blackthorn's ship arrives. Uh, at the bay. Oh, so that so so what so is in the, the middle scene? of this conflict? Yes, because I watched the I watched like the first thirty minutes of the nineteen eighties. Uh, I believe the first scene of the TV show um, was where uh, Toranaga is going in for the meeting where they say that they're going to plan to impeach him. 
because they're accusing him of kidnapping the ex-regent's like ex-wife or something, or his wife. Um, but I'm not exactly sure if it was that one or if it was John Blackthorne when he was on the ship with the ailing captain right before the captain died. I know that the show was trying to focus more on kind of Japan's POV because yeah. the book is about uh, John Blackthorne. Like you said, he's the main character in the 1980s series also is supposed to follow John Blackthorne. In fact, they don't even have subtitles in the 1980s series. Well, it is Japan. unfair to say it's like completely John Blackthorne in the book because there are chapters which show what's going on behind the scenes, but it happens later on. I think the book begins with John Blackthorne uh, prior to his um, arrival in Japan. And then for the first few chapters, I think it's him acclimating to that new environment. Like I think he wakes up in the first chapter having a bath uh, after being knocked out. And uh, it's the first time he's had a bath in years and he's very confused by it because like okay. he's, he's an Englishman and Englishmen don't bathe that often. However, in Japanese culture, it's very significant that you stay clean, clean and stuff. And so he was just kind of thrown by that. That happens in the first 15 min uh, minutes of the miniseries. Except it doesn't. Oh, wait, you mean the old Yeah, miniseries? The, the 1980 miniseries. Yeah, because that's how the book begins. So I was expecting that and then we didn't get it. In fact, by the... Third, second episode, the end of it, he's asked if he wants another bath, and he says, what are you trying to do? Give me a disease? Because back then they thought that that's how germs, like, if you were too clean, then it was bad <laughs> for you. Um, but yeah, I have to explain, though, that when he arrives, Toronaga is in the middle of this, like, problem where he is about to be killed off if the four regents decide to vote him out of the boat, you know? Right. Vote him off the island. So what does a crummy Dutch vessel with an imprisoned crew have anything to do with Toronaga's fate? I mean, this guy is supposed to be one of the biggest dudes in Japan, and these are scum. They could be killed that off and no one would up care. on the island. Yes, and uh, as far as friends being made, they are P Protestant, and the rest of any English-speaking people or Portuguese-speaking people around there are Catholic. And you have a bunch of Portuguese traders, yes, and you have some Catholic priests around, but whenever they try to translate what Blackthorn is saying, they always mistranslate it so that uh, the Japanese will hate him more because they want those guys dead. Right. They don't want any word about England or the Dutch or anything besides Catholicism and its right to uh, God uh, worship. Um, I know that Cosmo to, Jarvis, yeah. who played John Blackthorne, said that one of the biggest things about the show is backstabbing. And oh, sure. miscommunication was such a prominent theme well, in the, thing the book. Is, yeah, the thing is, before social media, um, a lot of countries just didn't know other countries existed. No, I'm kidding. Um, in 1600, Japan literally didn't know too much about the shipping lanes past uh, what uh, the Spanish were telling them. So when they heard that there was another religion, they may have been aware of it, but they might have thought it was a lot smaller than, than it actually was yeah. represented as. They also didn't even understand how the Catholics had taken some Japanese and uh, ro Japanese ronin and started like making trade outlets for gun uh, slinging and stuff like that. That was a big reveal to Toronaga in the second episode. When Blackthorn said that, it made Toronaga really turn against what he had thought was the religion of the day. Um, but yeah, Blackthorn's ship is labeled as a pirate ship. Um, he's been called a barbarian. They tried to delay translation of his journal because his journal makes it clear that there's this thing called the Magellan's Pass, which up 
until then, the Portuguese and the Spanish had really like locked down and made it impossible for any English or Dutch ship to know where it was exactly. Okay. But yeah, because Blackthorn had worked with the Portuguese before and he had found some like unruly member who was willing to sell him his ledger or whatever, the map that showed the way to go, that's how they were able to get there, although they barely made it. Um, so yeah, they've been mistranslating him the whole time. However, in one of the first mistranslation scenes, it's made pretty clear that Blackthorn doesn't like the Catholics because he takes the cross from the priest hand that's uh, that's translating. This is directly from the book and throws it on the ground right in front <laughs> of the Japanese commander guy, Yabu at the time. And uh, and that makes Yabu suspicious. And he's like, oh, so you guys aren't friends. <laughs> so he's, but he's, it doesn't seem like he's really afraid to do that much. I mean, his life is on the line it looks like he's going to die any other way. Um, and because of his ship and because of the information he has, that makes him interesting. And it also scares the Catholics so much that they go to the regents and they do have political persuasion. And they say, you cannot get rid of Toronaga until this problem is dealt with. And hmm. so that causes all the regents except for Ishibo or Ishido, um, the main like bad guy, I guess, of the f series to, to say, wait on this. We're not going to vote Toronaga off the island. Um, I, I do have compliments to the show. This is where, uh, I guess, at the end of the second episode, Toronaga and John Blackthorne have made uh, friendship with each other, and he realizes that they have a mutual like um, reason to want each other to live. Um, so they're going to be starting to work together? Yes, like Toronaga even let Blackthorn sleep in his, where he usually sleeps. But part of that was because he thought there might be an um, assassination attempt on his life, which there was. But he, he actually, the person who was trying to assassinate was actually trying to assassinate Blackthorn. And so it so, actually made it like easier. Or so so, so Toronaga was ready for it. He killed um, the lady. I think it's a man in the book. But he kills the assassin, and then he's like. This wasn't a war directed at me. It's like if someone had tried to attack Toronaga, then they would have had to go to war with all the other factions. Right. But because they were trying to kill uh, Blackthorn, the pirate, the degenerate, the the, the barbarian, um, that made it okay. And it still was probably like Ishido, but um, we don't know exactly for sure who tried to kill him. But they do have this alliance now. And um, yeah, so that's where we're kind of leaving it. Do you know who played Lord Toronaga? Uh, no, not offhand, but I did recognize him. I recognized Yabu. I just could not place from where. I also recognized sort of the main character. I think I've seen him before. It was more the side characters. Mariko, I recognized. Yes, yeah, she was and from Pachinko. Pachinko, obviously. And then also the Monarch Legacy of We Monsters. talked about how she was going to be in Shogun. So I wasn't surprised to see her. It's just crazy that like her filmography is so great. You know, like every show she's done has been a yeah. hit um, or a huge blockbuster. And then I also recognized Rodriguez, but we'll get into that in a second. So who was Toronaga? Yes. Yeah, so Hiroyuki Sonata. He's one of the most famous Japanese martial artists slash actors of all time. Cool. He got his star in American cinema on The Last Samurai, but has been everything. Oh, he, he was in The Last Samurai? Yes. You can compare very thematically what The Last Samurai's idea was which is like it's better to lead a, an honorable death than it is to lead a shameful life because that's kind of what tom cruise's whole motive is throughout that like what he learns and it's sort of in a weird way what blackthorn learns even though in the last samurai i think that was like the 1800s while this is again 1600s and i think the time differences might be uh different in silence too but the martin scorsese movie it seems like thematically and just when you're talking about 
religion and kind of uh, in Japan and people that are from coming from outside coming in kind of fish out water stories silence seems to be a lot like Shogun as well but he was also an Avengers Endgame bullet train John Wick chapter 4 lost in Westworld gaining an appreciation for the culture that you, you were going into but sorry yeah so Lord Taranaga has been in a lot of stuff yes but he also produced the series and even Justin Marks who created the show called him a full time partner I mean this guy so it's not just a production credit thrown in there because he's in the show no no he actually like cast he did it Wait, he, he cast no he didn't cast <laughs> he 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 hired a lot of the crew. He made sure that the props and nice. the extras were as accurate as possible. The book obviously means a lot to him. And even when he would finish shooting his scenes multiple times, he would walk straight to the monitor just to watch it to make sure it was as accurate as possible. Authenticity was a big thing. Well, in it is show. like Avatar in that way, where it is a primarily Asian cast that yes. they brought aboard. So I'd assume he'd be able to have a lot of connections and all the movies and stuff that he's done beforehand. So he would know who to hire. It is a very good series and he is a very good actor. I would say over Overall, they're all good actors. The first, the, the weakness, I think, of the series is starting it off the way it does. You really have to have patience for the first 20 minutes. And then after that 20 minutes, that's when everything hits its stride and it goes off from there. But the first 20 minutes are so filled with like bureaucracy that it looks cool and shiny and it looks like it's a well-produced show, but you, you just don't realize how good it will be, how Games of Thronian in the first few seasons it will become until you give it that grace period. So and is then it, also it, when they lost someone's head off, yeah. Is it overstuffed though? Because I know that that was mm -hmm. one of the few complaints of the show. Okay, you, let me do the compliments of the show yeah, first yeah. and then I can get to it. Okay. But are you done talking about the people or do you want to... Yeah, so no, let's talk about Justin Marks and Rachel Kondo for a quick second and I'll give you a quick background of the show. Tell so, me who they are in the show, yeah. So, well, actually, they're the creators of it. Oh, okay, sorry. But in 2013, Fox acquired the rights for Shogun and also the people versus OJ and then for years upon <laughs> okay. years... Okay, that's such a strange connection, yeah. Yeah, but for years upon years... Like, the People vs. OJ was released in 2018. That was also critically acclaimed. Uh -huh. But they really were trying to work on Shogun. In fact, they were even starting or trying to shoot in March of 2019. And then they felt that the script was not in good enough shape. They had all these people working on it. And they decided to focus more on the script. So they delayed shooting for it. And then in January 2020, the person that had been working on the scripts was unavailable. So they decided to scrap everything. They decided all that work they weren't going to use. Into and, the shredder. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and then they decided to give it to Justin Marks and Rachel Kondo. This is Rachel Kondo's first show. They're married, by the way, Justin Marks. And Justin Marks has only worked on three movies and three TV series. And I gained a serious respect for him because in 2009, he wrote this screenplay that I think was a Street Fighter movie that came out. And, like, uh, and it got terrible reviews. It was a critical failure. I don't failure. think they've ever made a good Street Fighter movie game TV show. Sorry, not game. TV show or anything but the game. Yeah, I think it was called like The Legend of Shun Lee or something. It has a 3.7 on IMDb and a 3%. But then years later, he also made like an unaired pilot, but years later in 2016, he wrote the script for the Jungle Book movie. He was actually the screenplay writer That's for cool. it. Yeah. And then he even got story credit for Top Gun Maverick. But he also is the creator, showrunner, producer for one of your favorite shows of all time, Counterpart. He did the first two seasons for that series. All right, I'm sold. I'm in. <laughs> like, anybody who's part of the Counterpart thing, I, I will watch that series. So, and then they decided the person that directed the first two episodes was Jonathan Van Tolikin. And he has done shows or movies that you wouldn't expect to be kind of connected 
connected to this. You would maybe expect something like Game of Thrones or Breaking Bad, The Wire, some type of like high profile shows. But actually, he directed a section of Movie 43. He directed six episodes of Misfits, including Robert Sheehan's webisode in like season three. I remember that. He did some episodes of Upload, The Changeling, episodes two and three, the episodes that you watched. And then Not he a was fan doing of the Changeling, but yeah. Yeah, it was on your worst of list. But then he ended up, uh, yeah, directing the first two episodes of this. And um, they the started shooting in I September of 2021. I don't want to give anything away from the directing, but like it is the script that sells the show. It's the script that usually makes for the best shows, especially when you're adapting a book as long as this one. When I listened to it, because I mean, technically I read it, but like I listened to it and it was just, the, I think it was like 50 hours. They wow. don't even sell that version on Audible anymore. They break. <laughs> get into three parts and you have to pay for each one of them if you have a subscription you have to do three separate credits but i was able to get the original book when i got it like 10 years ago and uh yeah it's just so chock full with story and details and stuff and they had to condense it they got through 20 or about 20 of the 61 chapters within two episodes that's crazy it's extremely crazy also the title for this is anjan because that means pilot and it's also a character description because it means pilot as in like a pilot of a ship but it also yeah you know like that's <laughs> awesome um it's like i said one of the longest books ever but it doesn't feel dated it's uh it's tastefully adapted there are a lot of clever lines that like probably make little sense when i just say them aloud here but like they were really well placed did it offend you when he said that about your faith you are a child in the wilderness you do not know their games you cannot play their game their rules are too opaque hearts too guarded that's when blackthorn decides that he's going to also try to manipulate some things to keep himself alive to keep him to keep his crew alive to make friends with toranaga but he also realizes the importance of like putting his uh his footing behind the right horse because like if he sides with ishido there's also like a lot of shades of villainy going on uh ishido yabu that's the name um a lot of self-interest but then there's pride that goes along with it so you cannot make yourself less honorable in front of the people that you're supposed to be um in charge of in front of the other samurai right. without then like offering to commit seppuku um, yes, that was a that was a big thing. I think it was even called the Seppuku period back in the 1600s. Yeah, I mean that's what samurai did when they felt that they had dishonored their uh, house or whatever. But yeah, the Catholics just care about making sure that they have power, and so you have them like kind of interspersed. And it's weird to see these Portuguese-speaking people who just speak English for the camera, and then it's Japanese when they're speaking Japanese. Uh, like you get subtitles and, for the rest of it. Yeah, and the script was also written in English and then translated into Japanese. In fact, they even went through film or uh, Japanese historians to make sure that the Japanese was correct when they were doing so. That actually makes sense with what I was saying about like the really clever lines because it, most of the ones that I had to jot down were in English. And I found that a little surprising because it was like all this Japanese text that was inf informative but like the ones, the the one hitters where he was like, unless I win, <laughs> that's what Blackthorn says when he's talking about how he wants to take down the Portuguese and the Spanish. He really does not like them and they yeah. really do not like him. Um, I also like the fact that uh, the Spanish, or sorry, that uh, Toronaga and Blackthorn meet as early as they do. I know that's a little different than the books. He has to work his way up the chain and the ladder in the books. And this, he kind of meets him within 
the first, I think the end of the first episode or the beginning of the second one. And like, if you're doing that that early, you're having the two good guys meet up, you're kind of showing their full strength together. Yeah. And it's better than waiting for the climax of the movie to sync those guys up and then have them go fight the bad guys. It might be, it might be a weird similarity, but it's kind of like the Defenders Netflix series where the first time that you see them fight isn't at the end, but it's like episode three of eight episodes. I mean, Blackthorn realizes that Toronaga is the guy in his camp so early that like when they try to assassinate Toronaga, he runs in, he busts in. Maybe it's just his honor himself and tries to kill the assassin. The assassin is really like she is a John Wick type of assassin. She takes out everybody from the neck down. (laughs) She literally (laughs) runs through the house with a knife and she's just jabbing it in the backs of people's necks perfectly flawlessly like she's going through she's making tracks no one's hurting her at all and then she gets to uh where she thinks is blackthorn's base and uh that's when toronaga comes out with a sword and slices her once but she's still alive and in the (laughs) book i think that's where he commits seppuku or seppuku um and then but in this blackthorn comes in and she still tries to kill him and then that's when she dies. <laughs> it's crazy that there's that much stuff going on because it's, James, that's like literally the last scene. Yeah, go ahead. James Clavell, who who wrote the book, he it's one sentence that he read in his daughter's textbook about an Englishman in the 1600s. It's always who went some kid's Japan. daughter. Like it's always the daughter that caused. I think it was the daughter in Avatars in the Avatar show where he was like, I, my daughter loved it, so then I started watching it. Well, actually, the daughter is a producer of this series right. because James. Clavell Bell died in 1994, and he uh, also produced the 1980 series. And I actually have a game here. Go for uh, it. If we can go. Yeah, so it's Three Truths, One Lie. It's actually about the 1980 series. It broke several taboos at the time, several firsts for American TV. It was Nudity. kind of writing, it was writing off the coattails of things like Roots and Jesus of Nazareth. I'm just guessing it's nudity because there was so much of that in the books that we did not get here as much. Yes. Yeah, so this, so this is supposed to be about the first. Again, three of these are true, one is a lie. First, it was the first network show allowed to use the wor- word piss in dialogue and show the act of urination. Well, that's ha- that happens in the book. That was one of the first scenes where I was like, or moments that I was like, yes, that, that definitely happened. The first 20 minutes, I did not recognize. And then when we get to Blackthorn's story, I was like, yes, the guy is like showing his superiority by peeing on him. Yeah. <laughs> the second one is, it was noted for its frank discussion of sexuality in matters like Japanese ritual suicide. I mean, yeah, that, wait, sexuality? Yes, sexuality. Oh, and matters of, like, yes. it's not like you combine the two. Yes, 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 yes. And the third one is a man is shown beheaded in the first episode. Well, that was this, that was this series, but I'm not sure if that would have applied to the old series. Yeah. And I'm realizing that my lie of the first American TV series to extensively film on location in Japan, because you've already said the first three are shown, uh-huh. that, that was, that was the lie. It, I think it was uh, shot in Japan along with this series as well. Um, but it took like 10 months for this one to shoot, two months over schedule. It's the most expensive series in FX history. Mm-hmm. And even the Super Bowl commercial, which I'm sure you're not going to be surprised with, was like $7 million. They promoted the hell out of it. You weren't going to miss it. I do have a few more pros, but these ones are more like personal favorites, things that I found. Yeah. Like, okay, so Nestor Carbonell, you haven't mentioned him, but he was uh, kind of a main character in the first episode. 
uh, played by Basque, or he is playing Rodriguez in the show. Um, he was probably my favorite character when he popped up. He's also Richard from Lost. He's been in Bates Motel. Mm. He was in The Dark Knight, right? This is the first time I've seen him with gray hair. It's He's mm. actually aging, unlike his character in Lost, who can't age. <laughs> um, but he went to the Mandy uh, Patinkin School of Acting for this one because, yes, he has the gray hair, but he also has a big beard. And then he also... <laughs> he took the Spaniard accent that Mandy Patinkin has as Indigo Montoya mm-hmm. and he starts using it here and it's it, he's funny and he's well acted and I remember his character from the books and I think he like hits it on the head and he's what made me recalibrate what I thought of John Blackthorne because at the beginning I didn't like Blackthorne. I thought he wasn't doing a great job representing the character but then once their scenes kind of intersected together I was like yes that is the right guy for the role uh, they also gave him a haircut and then he started using his gruff attitude but also using his smarts at the same time. He's supposed to be, Blackthorn is supposed to be more devious in this show especially when speaking to the priest in the jail cell lying about who he is. Yeah, so they make a bigger deal about that in the book. In this, the priest sort of even says, like, I would follow you anywhere. Like, I would not follow you anywhere. (laughs) <laughs> he didn't fall in love with him but he did like kind of open up to him a lot quicker than it did in the books one of the things that you can't help with a miniseries like this is some of the timing i think he spends a lot more time in jail um in the book and in this it's kind of shown that he's out within like the first day mm-hmm. so him making that relationship with the priest made more sense when he was there longer um but yeah he's kind of told the ins and outs of japan by that guy mm-hmm. and uh who plays him he's from lady macbeth annihilation persuasion a lot of just i think romantic films especially. oh that be- this you know what's funny the main thing i remember about shogun is that it is a love story it yeah. is a love story. It is a love story. Because and, everyone and the that they talk to, the they, first, they cut it out. Well, they didn't cut it out. It just happens later on in the books. And I, to me, though, it's like such an overwhelming fact, factor that I'm watching it. And I'm like, okay, so when's it going to start to develop? <laughs> and it just doesn't yet. Um, but yeah, so specific moments that I do remember from the, um, from the book that also were translated. The piss scene, like we said demanding to see his crew after he comes out of like his bath uh toronaga's pet falcon they show his pet falcon yeah. that must have cost more for the budget um either that or cgi uh interpretation scenes the one where he threw down the cross but also later on when he is speaking for the first time with mariko or when he is talking with uh the, the other guy the other priest who actually does do a good job at translating for him but is probably the most sneaky because he also is catholic and he wants to get everybody to dislike um like they do they're, they're not frenemies they're not like what rodriguez is to blackthorn because rodriguez is a portuguese guy and he still doesn't like blackthorn entirely but blackthorn does play a part in saving his life well cosmo jarvis actually didn't speak japanese he was one of the few cast members that didn't he's he does a little bit but just like he's learning it just like blackthorn's character is also when the women of the um of japan are like kind of fascinated by the pirates because they've never seen anybody exactly with his eye color his eye color of blue eyes and like blonde hair and um sort of his body type like they're much more used to seeing japanese people um also the obsession with the rudder so the rudder is the sea manual it's the navigation point that they use the maps and stuff that they use to um, make it where they need to go right very prized possession information is key and so blackthorn tries to hide it i think in the books and then it's found but it also is sort of his journals and that's what the catholics are so afraid 
afraid of getting translated and transcribed because once the Japanese read them and see them, they will have the ability to traverse the continent, but also they will see how much they've been lied to. Mm. And the Japanese are all about honor. So once they realize they've been screwed over by the Catholics and that the Catholics have actually divided their territory and given it to either Portugal or Spain, then they're in trouble. Um, it, then the differences of note that I think also worked were there's less bath time. We don't have to watch uh, Blackthorn get nude nearly as much. Um, Toronaga and Mariko are introduced so much earlier. Yes. As I said, Toronaga starts the series. I don't think he's introduced until like the 10th chapter. Uh, less of a love story, like I said. There's a scene at the end of the second episode. It's where... So every intro that they have to the episodes, I think starting in episode two, is a dry garden that has a ship going through it and kind of weaving its path through oh, okay. as the credits come through. But they actually have a dry garden represented. They're in the middle of having this conversation between Toronaga and Blackthorn, he's out of jail. And again, there's been this assassination or the assassination attempt is about to come to his life. But Blackthorn really has to sell himself as a guy that's worth having around. And so when Toronaga says, hey, draw me a picture of how you see the world and he picks up a stick and he starts to draw it in the <laughs> sand, it is the coolest thing because he, then he gets animated and he starts describing to Toronaga how he's been misled and he's spelling out to the audience. It's like an exposition dump, but it is the best exposition dump I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. And so, yeah, um, I will jump to the cons now. Um, Blackthorn's introduction on the ship I called underwhelming. It took some patience until we finally got things rolling. That meeting at Osaka Castle, looking back on, was a good scene. But to start off the series, it also felt like this might be a little boring. Mm. Um, a few areas did feel, this is probably the main critique, feel too rushed. because And it's impossible not to. But the main one that I'm going to like really count down on is the fact that when uh, Blackthorn is taken from the place he lands to Osaka... And he meets Rodriguez, and I said they have a friendship going. Yeah. He goes onto a ship, and like two seconds into going on the ship, the ship is in the middle of a huge storm, and Blackthorn is in the lead talking to people about how to lead that ship. Yeah, right. Like, there's no in-between. In the books, I think that they're on that <laughs> ship for quite some time. Before it actually happens. Making a relationship happen there. And instead, it's like there's a huge storm. He has to save the day once again, and suddenly they're in Osaka. And I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> That's happened way too fast. That's a Game of Thrones season eight moment where Daenerys just makes her way on the dragon and in, in less than five minutes, she's over at King's Landing. Uh, were, ultimately, yes. Yeah, yeah I was going to say there were some obvious changes as well. Blackthorn's first interaction with the Japanese is when he wakes up in the Japanese house and in the book has a harder time communicating than is shown in, in the, the bathhouse, not just a house. He's getting bathed and he's like, stop it. And then he like realizes how fun it is to get bathed. He's like a dog when the dog doesn't want like people touching it. And then like suddenly they're like, this isn't that bad. And there's a lot less seppuku, even though we've talked about it, in the show than there actually is in the book. Apparently there's a lot more of it there. And yeah, there's... But there is a good amount of violence. I think the violence is well represented. In the second episode, they play a game. Yabu plays a game because he's working with Ashido, but he wants to make it seem like to Toronaga that he's still on his side. So what he does is they release Blackthorn, making it seem like he's going to be killed by some of the men there. And then they have these bandits come in and kill off those men. But then the bandits are killed by Yabu's men, who then pretends to bring Blackthorn back, even though he decided designed the whole thing to make himself look good. <laughs> 
<laughs> so you have a lot of people dying, like two sets. Of, it's like the Joker and Batman when in the first thing he like kills off his own men right. after they've killed people. It's like two sets of people die, and then finally Yabu's like, "Hey, look what I did!" And then Toronaga gives him this look like, "I know exactly what you did," and it's really funny. Yeah. The last change I had was Marco is a lot less happy in the book. Marco, Mariko, Mariko. That's what I meant. I didn't put the I there. Mariko <laughs> is a lot less happy in the book, but she hasn't been too happy in the series as of yet either. So that's why I was waiting for um, later on because she isn't really, I don't think, brought up in the book until where we are in right, right now. Like she would have just been introduced when the interpretation happens during their meeting. Uh, she is used to sort of counterbalance, even though she is Catholic, what the Catholics are interpreting because she speaks Portuguese. She's one of the very few Japanese who speak it. So that's where her connection with Blackthorn comes to play. And so when she hears Blackthorn talk about badmouth the Catholics and say, hey, they are starting to use Ronin to bring guns in. She's like, you're lying. And then he's like, nope translate it and then she does and that's how their relationship starts so i also know that filming got so long that the crew started calling it the never-ending show but let's get into your rating what my rating eight series? out of ten the show began slow it gave us a buttload of bureaucrat bureaucratic stuff i didn't even get into like the background um flashbacks if you go to wikipedia you'll see that the like the synopsis summaries are so it's long. crazy yeah, yeah. they but, have uh, they have the once... warning that says this is too excessively detailed can someone change it <laughs> But once it started lopping off heads, introducing sea merchants, spies, and people of unscrupulous persuasions, that's when it got good. And yeah, 8 out of 10. Well, it has a 9.2 on IMDb. And that's I know higher than Pachinko had when we first, I think, uh, went into it. Yeah, yeah, and it has a 12, around 12,000 reviews. And I know that I said that th there's not been a publication calling it one of the best series of all time. So you can make the case for it. Because for the longest time, it had 100% on Rotten Tomatoes with around 70 reviews. And even the one Rotten that has now, 99% on Rotten Tomatoes, calls it a sprawling epic. has a 93% audience score. And on Metacritic, it has an 84, uh, which score kind of translates to a universal acclaim. And I felt bad for the last Airbender live-action series, because if you remember when we were doing that show, they were trying to get the Game of Thrones audience. And it'd be one thing if Shogun came out a year after the last Airbender, even a month after the last Airbender, but five they're, days. They're for very different audiences. And I think even uh, Shogun does what you're asking. They give, they, they say at the beginning, we are sort of a boring bureaucratic type uh, thing. And you have to have that patience. I don't think anybody from the, I don't think the audiences are going to cross over that much. Well, let me, let me read you some titles. Just yeah, go ahead. titles. FX miniseries Shogun is the most transportive TV epic since Game of Thrones. That was Variety. The Daily Beast said Shogun is TV's most epic series since Game of Thrones. Epic series Shogun will fill the hole left by Game of Thrones. Sydney Morning Herald. Uprox didn't even leave a review for Shogun, but they wrote an article about how many places are comparing it to Game of Thrones, so much so that even yesterday, Justin Marks had to come out and say, honestly, I don't see why all these places are saying it's the new Game of well, Thrones. Well, I was about to say, like, Littlefinger and Viserys, their elements in the first few seasons, right, of Game of Thrones was that they were underhanded behind the backs of people, but at the same time, they had their own, like, code that they were following right. for themselves. Just imagine that, but for every single region that's there. And Toronaga in the book is more violent and he's more like, I would say even evil. But in this, he is the uh, most honorable of them, but he's still not afraid of like killing people or having people killed. Um, it's, it's just an interesting 
time in history. And I think like, yeah, if you look at the motives of everybody, it's, it is similar to Game of Thrones where it's just this power struggle. You got a four out of five on The Guardian. CNN called it possibly the TV program of the year. A couple different places uh, said that it was probably the best series that has come out this year. But again, it's early March. And uh, uh, my favorite fact was that the production designer, Helen Jarvis, had never been to Japan. In fact, Justin Marks and Rachel Kondo had never read the book or seen the miniseries even when they signed on for the show. I think, yeah, I mean, we've done so many shows where they fail to adapt even the shortest stories because they just cannot make it work. This, I I don't know if it made it easier for them, the fact that they had so much to pull from, but it's insane how they were able to just adapt this series and make it still feel like it was, um, like they were taking every element from the book that they weren't changing too much and depict it in a way that's going to be able to finish the story in, what, six, eight episodes? Uh, it's actually going to be ten episodes overall, so they have eight more episodes but they, to go. I guess if they go backwards a little bit, because like I said, they did like 20 chapters of 61, so right now they're like a third of the way through. But well, yeah. Helen Jarvis, she worked on Peter Pan and Wendy in the 2023 movie, so they used some of the parts for the uh, for the boat, for the ship, uh-huh. and Shogun. <laughs> Oh, okay. That's cool. So, like, it was used in two different sets. Yeah. But that's about all I have to say. Do you have anything else? Um. Uh, yeah, I wanted to say that this kind of reminded me also of Spartacus. Because even though Blackthorn has... Uh, he's not been reduced as a character, but because his journey is kind of split between him and Toranagas. Like, the whole point of the title, Shogun... We don't know who that's going to be, you know? Mm-hmm. So, whatever. But, uh, but yeah, he's kind of this, doing this journey through the things, and he's going to get more powerful, obviously, as the time goes on, and that makes him a little bit like Spartacus. But And the, the question about Season 2, Justin Mark said that the, where the series ends is where the book ends and that they've adapted it, so I'm pretty sure that's a no. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to this one. Bye. Bye. Bye.